podcast or audio drama, whatever you want to call it, is definitely a different format than writing for TV. And the structure is still very similar. You plot out the arc of the character. You say, okay, we want to start them emotionally here and end them emotionally here. And what are the steps? And Hawkeye has a, a bit of a, a mystery built into it. So it's sort of like, what's the clue trail for the mystery and where are the turns in the story? But then once you're in it, then you have to remember, and no one can see anything. And so you have to describe everything or figure out how to make sure it's clear to the audience what's happening while at the same time feeling natural and not just sort of a, a bunch of people expositorying left and right. So it was a, definitely a, a brain shift in moving into audio drama, but it was a lot of fun to work with. You know, the movie Logan opened up a whole new world for Marvel fans and comic book fans about the older versions of heroes. Jay Holtham wrote a story for Hawkeye in his later years and the challenges that he faces, including some familiar friends and foes. It's an amazing story. It's, it's kind of uh, based on the old man Logan uh, mm -hmm. thread on Marvel. Mm -hmm. How did you come to do this? I mean, I'm a longtime Marvel fan. Um, I worked on Cloak and Dagger and Jessica Jones on the TV side. Uh, and so when Marvel was looking around for writers for the Wasteland series, uh, I was on their list and they approached me about it. And I was thrilled, 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 thrilled to join in and dive into this great world and these fun characters. I love Jessica Jones, by the way. Oh, I mean, you. it was an awesome series. Thanks so much. Thanks. And also uh, Cloak and Dagger. I had the pleasure of interviewing those folks when the oh, show great. was on. So um, yeah. really young, talented, and great yes. people. Yeah, both of them. They're both great. I miss them. There is more with Jay Holtham in a moment. When you're doing something like this, obviously very different from mm -hmm. a TV series. Yeah. So how do you plot this out? Do you uh, kind of go in like in a long, I guess it has to be kind of like a long arc and you have to, know where to cut the story a little bit yeah yeah basically i mean you plot it podcast or audio drama whatever you want to call it is definitely a different format than writing for tv and the structure is still very similar you plot out the arc of the character you say okay we want to start them emotionally here and end them emotionally here and what are the steps and Hawkeye has a, a bit of a, a mystery built into it. So it's sort of like, what's the clue trail for the mystery and where are the turns in the story? But then once you're in it, then you have to remember, and no one can see anything. And so you have to describe everything or figure out how to make sure it's clear to the audience what's happening while at the same time feeling natural and not just sort of a, a bunch of people expositorying left and right. So it was a, definitely a, a brain shift in moving into audio drama, but it was a lot of fun to work with and uh, it's a lot of a lot of fun to do. So, yeah. Yeah, but going into it, it was, okay, here's this character, here's this world, what's the journey do I want him to go on? And knowing I had 10 episodes, like, how do I get him there in 10 episodes? Yeah. Was it fun to incorporate all these literally legendary Marvel heroes and in some cases villains too? It was so much fun. It was so great. I mean, one of the great things about working in the old man universe is it's kind of a, an open playground. You can kind of do whatever you want. So I got to do a lot of a lot of Easter eggs and a lot of sort of like subtle hints and then write for, yeah, some of the characters I've been reading for, for years um, and even getting to sort of work characters that I always wanted to write it for into it. The, we diverge from the comic book, Old Man Hawkeye, quite a bit uh, and that allowed to add 
add characters like the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants get to show up uh, and I get to write for them. And that's, that was so much fun because I'm an old X-Man person. So getting to write for Blob and Mystique and Destiny and Pyro, Pyro especially, I have a weird a weird affection for pyro go figure (laughs) (laughs) the people bringing those characters in your story to life worth the price of admission two scenes already that i've heard and loved Mm -hmm. hearing stephen lang and i will tell you i had the pleasure of seeing stephen lang at the museum of natural history reading abraham lincoln's speeches while they were showing photographs of the president it was absolutely amazing yeah. And then working with another actor I admire, who's done the DC side and now on the yeah. Marvel side, the great Joe Morton. I mean, yeah. I mean, amazing. And on the female side, Star Trek's Michelle Hearn. Yep. I mean, she is awesome. And then, uh, you know, from Loki, uh, we have Sasha Lane. I mm-hmm. mean, it's uh, amazing stuff and, and great, great voice cast. It's a dream, dream voice cast. I mean, Stephen Lang is just like a god to me in so many yeah. ways, like especially, you know, Avatar and and so many other great movies. But also, like, as you uh, as we were talking about before uh, we started recording, I'm from New York. I used to do theater. And Stephen is a oh, yeah. like legendary stage actor. Uh, so getting to work with him and the yeah, same with Joe Morton. I've wanted to write for Joe for for a billion years uh, and getting to hear him say my words is an unbelievable thrill. And it's just, it honestly is just like bangers all the way down. Like Rico Islesworth, who I remember watching on 24, you know, back in the early two thousands and Michelle Hurd and Sasha, Uh and they all just really brought it. Like I was, they all really like, just gave everything to the roles and gave everything to the characters uh, and elevated everything we did. It was, it was a really exciting uh, recording process. I also had the pleasure of seeing Hades town in New York mm-hmm. and what a coup getting Rachel Chavkin to direct yeah. this. I yes. mean, she's very super talented. She is super, super talented and super smart and was just great because she's also not a comic book person. So mm-hmm. getting that outside perspective, like she really helped us shape the story and the character arcs and make sure that they would be clear to someone who hadn't read 40 years of comic books to understand what the dynamics were and like the points that needed to be clarified, uh, especially when, you know, there was a, a certainly an aspect of it, like I said, with the old man world where I got to remix some things uh, and take characters in sort of different ways, you know, using the taskmasters as kind of marshals, you know, U.S. marshals uh, was something that was really enjoyable. But she was always like, but wait, who's taskmaster? How does this mean anything? I was like, okay, let me let's let's go back and explain, and then also make sure that that's clear that it's not the actual taskmaster and all of that. So that was it was great having her, just just great. I, I mean, I I deal with audio all the time, and I mm-hmm. have to mix things, and the production values on this is first rate. I mean, yeah. the music, the sound effects. You know, I, I always like to say if you're going to listen to something like this turn off all the lights, mm-hmm. no distractions, and just 
dive right into this world. And this is a very rich audio experience, no doubt about it. Yeah, get immersed in it. Our production team was top notch. Our composers were great. And what was really lovely about the process is they were all involved so early. They were all involved in early drafts uh, and giving notes. And like I said, making that shift to audio drama, our production team uh, and our producers were, were instrumental in helping me figure that out and saying like, no, we need, we need to make this clearer for audio. We need to make that clearer for audio, but also really diving in and be like, oh, so this is the world you want to create. Here's, here's the soundscape that we can create with that. And here's the richness we can add to that world. And that was just, uh, just a great process. Just terrific people. Sci-Fi Talk returns after a short break. Was there anything, any scene that was a challenge for you to, uh, to get? The toughest stuff was the the stuff in the back half, um, because all of that's the really emotional stuff. Uh, all yeah. of that was the really digging into Clint and Ash's relationship, mm. into both of their pain. Um, and that's always, was always hard, you know, especially writing. I wrote most of it uh, during the lockdown, in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a lot of upheaval and a lot of pain. So I was able to, to use a lot of that and utilize it, but it was also really hard, like really emotionally tough. And as a sort of mystery a little bit in the script, it was also, it's always tricky to make sure you're paying off the mystery beats and paying off the story and making sure that that's all clear. Um, but just pulling it to those points when, you know, Ash, uh, as as people will see as we we go later when when there's more and more conflict between ash and clint uh that's really painful because there are characters who love each other and need each other so much but are so hurt that's i mean that's why we do it that's the drama though i i mean honestly what i've heard so far it's there is a side of me that it hurts a little bit to see mm -hmm. your heroes in in that kind of shape oh, yeah and we won't give anything away no. but it also on the other hand, humanizes him a hell of a lot mm -hmm. and brings him down to earth a little bit. Uh, you know, hearing him talk about the old days. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, and then the relationship of, I have a daughter, so I mean the relationship with the father and daughter mm -hmm. uh, is, uh, can be complicated at times too. So just that human drama alone can ground this whole series and then yeah you have the fun superhero stuff too exactly so. yeah that's always great you know fun superhero fights and fun superhero characters who it was yeah that's all the fun part to write but mm. it's all about the human emotion and it's all i mean all of writing you know the reason i love comic books is the human emotion yeah uh, and the real the real deep stuff that's happening underneath the surface you know now were you there during the recording at all and were, did they record together or how did that work uh, I mean, we were recording during the lockdown, so it was all virtual. Oh, wow. uh, I was able to pop in and out. Uh, I was working on some other projects at the same time. So it was all, there's a, a program called Riverside that's a little bit like Zoom where everyone sort of dials in, um, mm -hmm. but it's a professional sort of mi virtual mixing studio. Um, so yeah, we, uh, the people were recording from all over the place, Texas, Los Angeles, New York, their living rooms, their closets. It was great. <laughs> Well, that's the beauty of it. Now mm -hmm. you can do it. You can do an ensemble and yet they don't have to be in the same place anymore. So exactly. it's totally changed. It's a game changer, really. Yeah. yeah, it really is. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to, you know, if, if I get to do more of these down the line, we get to be in a studio together. That would be really nice. But it was still great. It was just great to be a part of the process. 
what was it your reaction when you first heard it completed and you heard the music, the sound, the actors, and and saying your words? I mean, it's the reaction that I always have when I see the the completed project, which is, wow, this is real. This actually happened. I did not, I didn't, on some level, you always expect like the, well, someone's going to pull the plug or it's not going to work or whatever, but it's like, nope, this is happening. And it it's so great to see or to hear um, these things that lived in my head sort of in the world and materialized and to hear how it sounds and to hear those voice actors and the performances. It's always just a thrill. It's just a thrill that uh, of it being real, you know? Mm-hmm. It sounds like Sirius is very serious about mm-hmm. doing this the right way, too. Yes. Yes, they are. They've been a great partner and really are in, have invested a lot of time and energy and effort into into making this the best it can be. So I'm, I'm just excited for it to be into the world as well. And, and really, people might criticize it, but I think Marvel's uh, purchased by Disney. Mm-hmm. It gives them a foundation that they're going to be around for a while. And, exactly. uh, and those heroes that I loved and I'm sure you loved growing mm-hmm. up are going to be around for a while, too. And, and it's reflected in the movies. But, you know, with these audio dramas, you have a way of telling a story that maybe you couldn't film, um, mm-hmm. you know, without recasting everybody. But yep. they are recast, but it also fits the timeline of this old man timeline, which is fascinating. And people bought it. We saw that with Logan and, and yep. that film, how well that did. So yep. it's a it's an interesting take. Uh, is this would you say this is canon? Is this what's going to happen or maybe a possible future? It's a possible future. I mean, I think, you know, the the Marvel Universe still uses the old multiverse. Yes. Um, I can't remember. It's a very surprisingly long number designation for the old man universe yes. uh, universe. And this is even like I said, since we diverged from the comic, this is even a spin on the old man universe universe. Yes. So it's like we're we're another little offshoot here. But I think we're we get to be in our little bubble, which I like because then what we do has consequence. It's not like you know, no one needs to come around and fix the timeline or snap it and make it all go <laughs> away. You know, um, these characters get to exist and continue on on this journey and and discover more about who they are and discover more about the world they're in um and it gives me you know some hope for that as well yeah yeah i kind of look at it as an audio version of that wonderful series my wife and i have enjoyed what if on uh, on disney plus it's absolutely i mean that was the twist they did was really cool and also to hear chadwick bowman uh, you know uh, one last time yeah uh, was uh was uh you know bittersweet but it was wonderful to hear him and I'm, i'm glad that he did that it really yeah, is. Same, 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 same. You know, from what I hear, uh, Black Widow's going to get her due and uh, yeah. and the casting. Perfect. Another yeah. perfect choice. Susan Sarandon. I mean, yeah, wow. I That's going to be awesome. So you excited know. for that series. It's going to be so much fun. Like, so much fun. And, and there is a Hadestown connection, too. Craven mm-hmm. is voiced by Patrick Page who I saw as Hades on Broadway <laughs> yep. and uh, another marvelous actor who can sing as well as do voices. So were these people that were cast, were they all the first choice or 
I guess, is anybody going to say no to something like this? <laughs> Absolutely, they were our first choices, and we were so excited to have all of them. I mean, that's the, the great thing. One of the great things about working with Marvel is that everyone, you're exactly right, everyone wants to be a part of the Marvel Universe. Everyone wants to uh, tell these stories and play these characters. So we got a real chance to to shoot for the moon and and, and get the best people uh, and the right people and the, the best sort of voices. And it's great. I mean, it's great that you mentioned Hadestown because we got to do, you know, as you go deeper sort of into our cast list, um, we get to use a, a bunch of sort of New York theater actors as well. Yeah. Like it's not just sort of movie stars or famous people. Um, ironically, one of the characters is played uh, by an actor named Jim Conroy, who I went to college with. And he just came in over the transom. It wasn't even like I called anybody up. He just submitted. He's a, a well-respected voice actor. Um, if you saw his face, you might recognize him from those uh, TD trade uh, commercials. Um, uh, and he was great. He's he really terrific as uh, as Fred Dukes um, senior in the in the series and uh, it was just great to work with him and great to work with everyone jesper baglio is an actor that i have admired from afar for a long time so it was just thrill it's thrilling to be in a project that everyone is excited to be in and everyone can't wait to start what are you uh, what are you working on next uh i recently joined the staff of the handmaid's tale so i'm uh in the room for that for season five is the the main thing that I'm working on. I've got a couple of projects uh, that I can't quite talk about yet, but um, sure. in the comic book space um, that I'm very, very excited about. Uh, and hopefully you'll hear about soon. Uh, it's my first forays into actual comic book writing, and I'm very thrilled uh, to get that opportunity. Uh, it's been, it's really great. And uh, I worked on the final season of Supergirl, and those episodes are airing uh, right now. I think we're down to our last five episodes. So, wow. Yeah. End of an era. Yeah, it sure is. She did a wonderful job. I oh, mean, yeah. Melissa's I totally mean, the right whole right. cast. And then Tyler, mm -hmm. Superman. Yep. <laughs> I mean, talk about channeling a little bit of Christopher Reeve, mm -hmm. but then giving your own spin on it. Yeah. Worked so well. I mean, I, when I saw him, I go, hey, they got this one right. You know? Oh, yep. They absolutely did. There was a yeah. uh, great clip going around from uh, uh, the episode where they flash back to his past, where he's yeah. he shows up and they, they hit the classic pose with the car. And yes. He compliments the suit. And he says, yeah, my mom made it. I'm like, that's the most Superman thing I've ever heard. I love it so much. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too. It's great. I mean, you work you work in a universe here that characters are owned by someone mm -hmm. so, or entity. So do you have any of your own ideas of things you want to bring to life? I mean, you always do. I always, you know, obviously I have projects of my own that I'm working on and developing, but when approaching sort of these characters that exist in, in someone else's world, um, I, I tend to call it playing with someone else's toys. You still get to tell your own story. Like there's still a lot of latitude. Uh, I was really excited to to do this because I got to kind of tell a Western story. Um, that was that was my inspiration for all of it. Um, going back to you know True Grit uh, and the world of Jesse James and and all of that and that kind of vibe to it that's the the joy of it you know that's the joy is that i get i get to tell my own story i just am, i'm playing with someone else's toys so i can't you know burn them up with a, mic, a magnifying glass that's right <laughs> but i do get to to make them a little dirty and that's always that's fun oh, that's great well again great to talk to you and thank you so much for being on the podcast 
Look for Marvel Wastelanders Hawkeye by Jay Holfman, and that is available on Sirius XM. So check it out. And you can subscribe to Sci-Fi Talk Plus to get a free lifetime access. No catches, just click on the link in the show notes. This is Tony Tolado. Thanks for listening.